Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Farrell on the bench. Like I said, uh, now they're in... Um Double overtime, uh, deep into it now. There's about 7.45 and rolling left in the second overtime. But my point is, is that when you're up 2-1 in the third period, you score with seven minutes left, whatever it is, you got to win the game. You got to shut them down for seven minutes, close it out, win 2-1, to one, be done with it. And at worst, 3-1 with an empty netter. Instead, they let Krejci score and then you know, all hell broke loose and here they are, uh, you know, where they are now, double overtime. So he scored with 17, 27. So with three minutes left, whatever, three and change. So you're up with, you know, eight minutes left, basically seven fifty, you know, three or something like that. And then, you know, you just can't close the deal. That's, you know, it comes back to haunt you. Every time, right? It's just like nine out of 10 times, you'll literally lose the game. You're up, you have it, it's in your fingers, it's in your hands, you got it, and then you let it slip through your fingers. I mean, you'll just, and you will regret it till the day is blue. It's like the, you know, seal has been cracked. You know what I mean? They they had them and then they let them, they gave them air. They gave, they had them buried and and they had them dead, suffocated. And you let them, you forgot to nail the coffin shut. You left a crack of air in there and they survived. It's unbelievable that they did it. Now, you know, I hope that, I hope I'm wrong. And I hope that Tampa scores and wins the game and closes out the series. Because I've, you know, been betting on them and, and Vegas to go to the finals for the entire hockey season. So, you know, I think they should win the series, but you know, these are the kinds of things that'll come back to haunt you. You lose the series over. They gotta they gotta win this game. I have a weird feeling about them blowing that lead. They just won the game, no! They got it done. Hetman and the Lightning have eliminated the Bruins. So much for that theory. But I bet on Tampa, so take that to the window, mama. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. 
we can laugh, man. We we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for all events, we got uh, Bob Nightingale back from the USA Today. And uh, I wanted to get him on, not just for a couple minutes because of the top of the hour or whatever. And we finally tracked him down. So now we can at least talk to him. Bob, I've, I've been at, at great length discussing Garrett Cole's, you know, home run problem. I mean, seven and three games, two more tonight. They get down five, nothing. The Rays own them. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know if it's seven of eight or eight of nine, whatever it is. All I know is is that Cole keeps getting, you know, lit. I said he's been in huge games, you know, ALCSs, World Series, so pressure, New York, media, talk radio, tabloids. I don't think bothers him. I don't think he's the kind of guy that sits around reading a paper. But I do think that he has a problem, and it's giving up home runs. Uh, And then Glasnow, you know, pitched, you know, six innings, gave up no runs, you know, struck out nine, had one walk. I mean, he was the guy throwing a gem tonight in the Bronx, but boy, do the Rays own them. And what is beyond those home runs? What is the problem with Garrett Cole? Don't, I don't think it's the money. I don't think it's the media. I think it's his stuff. Well, I know he's missing a, uh, a buddy. His, uh, buddy of his passed away, and he was uh, giving some great tips to him every time that when he ran into some problems, he would say, pitch inside, pitch inside. And kind of his mentor. So he passed away in the off season. I, I don't know if, if that's been a factor or not, uh, Scott. But yeah, I mean, they, uh, Cole's a uh, sharp, sharp guy. Uh, you know, very competitive. But yeah, something's not quite right. I mean, he was going on for a while there. But, you know, now all of a sudden, just doesn't seem like the same guy. Bob, do you think that uh, the uh, – because when I look at it, when you lose that many games to one team that's as good as the Rays are, it says it all to me, frankly, about who's uh, the boss in that uh, series, in that showdown, in that potential playoff, in any kind of a situation right now, looking forward in the postseason, I would say the Rays would beat the Yankees. Yeah, you know, before the uh, pandemic in the regular uh, season, or some people that were pick, picking the uh, Rays to beat the Yankees in division, I mean, the Rays are that good. But you're right, it starts to become a mental thing as well. You know, what team just doesn't play it well against somebody? Remember the old days when the, um, you know, Pedro Martinez say they're my daddy sort of thing? Uh, right. So, yeah, maybe sort of thing, same thing here, where now it's become a mental thing, like, man, I, I, we can't beat the Rays. We don't want to face a raise in the first round. I mean, it really is amazing. Uh, but you knew, and I knew, we both knew, I think most people knew that the Rays were really good and the A's were really good. And uh, do you still think that the Astros are really good based on uh, the talent they have, but they haven't been performing? I mean, all their best hitters have, have been, you know, just basically garbage with the bats. 
Uh, obviously, they had they were getting tip pitches last few years. Do you think that's all because of that, or do you just think they're uh, freaking out at the plate and not hitting? Yeah, I mean they're a good team. They're not a great team. I mean they got nine rookies in that bullpen. Uh, you know, obviously no Garrett Cole's there anymore. You know, Verlander's not up there. So not the same group. Uh, I picked the A's to win the division. I still like the A's a lot. And uh, I thought the uh, without fans, I thought the pandemic would help them because in spring training they were melting down. Uh, you know, you worried about a guy like a, uh, a Jose Altuve uh, and some of his guys. You know, George Springer, and they're they're both struggling. You know, uh, big time, particularly Altuve. And I thought without the fans. I'm like, okay, there's nobody there to boo you or anything else. You should be fine. And I, I still think it's in the back of this guy's mind. Do you think that Altuve knew the pitch that Chapman was throwing in the ALCS? I don't know. It looks suspicious. Obviously, he uh, jumped on that. It wasn't a great slider by uh, Chapman talking to people. Like, it was a good one, but not his typical slider. So, but yeah, it just looked funny, like, and this guy is so good, he jumped all over it, hit the thing a mile, and of course, you know, ripping off his jersey, or not one ripped off his jersey, I should say, that sort of thing. So, but yeah, I mean, MLB didn't cover any evidence that they were doing anything in 2019, a little bit in 2018, and that was it. I think it would have been very tough to cheat last year with the, with the video monitors and people watching every pitch in the clubhouses. So, you know, uh, bottom line is the White Sox just tied up the Twins in the seventh inning. And uh, this game's gone back and forth. It was it was 4 nothing Minnesota, and now it's 5-5. What do you think of the White Sox, how they – I know the Twins are coming off a sweep at the hands of the Tigers where Detroit swept them. Uh, obviously, the Twins are a good team. There's no doubt about it. But how about the White Sox going in there tonight and kind of, you know, they're – they're just playing everybody tough, and they're going to Minnesota tonight and giving them the business. Yeah, Julio Star for them, and uh, but yeah, and this is a team that tried to get Clemenger, and they thought they had him for a while last night. Uh, they were actually exchanging physicals and everything else. Uh, you know, didn't get him with the San Diego. This is a good team. I still think it's the team to watch a year from now. I think they're one year early. Uh, yeah, they'll make the playoffs. I don't see them make a lot of noise in the playoffs. It reminds me a little bit of 2015 Cubs, where they surprised everybody by getting to the NLCS, and then they were out. I could see the same type of thing with the White Sox. Like, okay, uh, you know, they go have a decent playoff run, but next year is a year where they could be a World Series contender. So tonight the Padres, Tatis had a triple, RBI triple, uh, Machado had a sack fly, Myers homered. You know, Myers has actually been coming up big for them lately, had that grand slam, another one tonight. I know we talked about all the deals that Preller made, but what do you think of how they go out and win all the time? Yeah, it's great for the confidence, they're having fun. I mean, Myers is a guy they like to do in the offseason because I think he still has $40 million in his contract, 20 and 20. So the better he does, the easier it is to trade him. Uh, but, yeah, just a uh, it's contagious. I mean, uh, the young guys, particularly at, at Tatis, is kind of leading the way, and guys are feeding off that. So, yeah, they're not going to catch the Dodgers, but, you know, they, sh- they should be uh, a high-ranked seed in the playoffs. And, you know, when you have a Clevenger, you got a chance to, uh, you know, pitch away for a few rounds. 
How about Marquecas and uh, three for four tonight, two RBIs for the Braves in their 6-3 win over Boston. Braves now six games over 500. Meanwhile, the Red Sox are 11 games under 500. They are terrible. Yeah, and they just they uh, yeah just fell off the cliff right here. I mean, here's a team they won a uh, you know World Series just a few years ago, and just you know couldn't keep it up. And uh, you know the farm systems depleted everything else. So and they got they hired Dave Dabrowski. What they wanted to do is win a World Series. You know now they're going through the uh, these kind of pains. But yeah, you, you hate to see a, a power or a a big market team like the Red Sox struggling like they are. They're years away from containing him. So the Brewers uh, beat the Pirates 6-5, and they're two games under now. Do you think they're starting to come around a little bit? I think enough. I mean, National League is so weak. I mean, you can be 500 and get in. So uh, I think they got a chance. you still got Hayter, the best uh, closer on the baseball. you still got some big boppers on the lineup. They did trade with David Phelps today. So, uh, you know. Uh, if they make the playoffs, I don't think they'll go far. I think they have a shot. It's probably between them and Cincinnati. Yeah, so um, Bright, or uh, this this Phillies team, they're like a, a 500 now. They beat the Nationals tonight. Do you think Girardi can make that team click at all the rest of the way? You know, I do, Scott. I think with the uh, relievers they, they picked up the last couple of days, I think, uh, you know, Girardi's very good managing a bullpen. So I'd be surprised if they don't make the playoffs now. I think they're going to be in. Uh, they may even win the division, but I think Girardi's that good a manager and it's going to handle that personnel perfectly. All right, Bob. Uh, great stuff tonight, as usual, talking about the trade deadline and all the uh, games and everything going on in baseball. Always appreciate you. We'll uh, talk to you again real soon. Thanks for coming on the bench. Sure, my pleasure. Look forward to it. All right. All right. See you, Bob. Bob Nightingale, USA Today. Bob's been doing my show forever. Uh, I mean forever. So, and I mean forever. Oak City up six on the Rockets with eight and a half and rolling. And Oak City has to win. They're down 3-2 in the series. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. on a bench just so you know it's uh thunder 91 89 620 and counting so they're up on the rockets now uh harden misses a layup so they had a chance to tie there and missed it he doesn't miss many layups he's driving going 100 miles an hour layup 
So anyway, going to the uh, back to the NHL, Colorado blowing out Dallas tonight, five to one. Four minutes left in the second. They were up five nothing. Uh, Bellamar, Burakovsky, McKinnon, Kadri, Rantanen. It was five nothing. All in the first period, and then Pavelski scored seven fifteen into the second to make it five one. So uh, unless something crazy happens, that game's over. They're not giving up four to the Stars in in the next uh, twenty two minutes. So I think that's a done deal. And then they'll play a game six, and Dallas is still up. They'll be up three two when that thing's over, unless. Literally a miracle happens. The Lightning win in double overtime. Mafia, were you surprised that after they blew the 2-1 lead with just over three minutes to go, whatever it was, um, two and a half minutes to go, whatever it was, that they, are you surprised that they were able to find a way to win on the Hedman goal? I'm not surprised given how long it went into, you know, overtime. If if it was one thing where they, you know, blew that goal, they, they gave up the lead late, and then like, they're kind of still down, thinking, oh, man, how do we screw this up? And then you get, like, the first couple minutes overtime. Then I could see that being an iffy situation where the Boston's kind of feeling good about themselves, has momentum. But once you get into halfway through the second, uh, the first overtime, it's back to zeros. It's back to, okay, well, we're fine. We got to just do what we need to do to win. We know we can beat this team, get back to it. So I had no problem with it after that. Early on, of course, it's going to be that struggle. that You got to get that past that mental hurdle after you blow it at first. But after a couple minutes, you're good. Especially when you're that good of a team. You know, you know you can beat them. You've smacked them around for most of the series. So now they're in the uh, Eastern Finals, and the Islanders are up 3-1 on the uh, Flyers. Tomorrow they play uh, Game 5. Do you think Philadelphia can win the game and force uh, a Game 6? I mean, they're down 3-1. they got to win the next three. I think they might be able to win tomorrow and force a Game 6, but I don't see it going past that. I think the Islanders... You know, their system is too good as a team that they know what to do, how to trap you. If you let them get you that lead, it's almost like, you know, with a little bit more aggression and a little less big names, almost like that devil system in the 90s where, you know, once they get that lead, they're saying, all right, go ahead. We'll, we'll wait for you. You bring the puck to us, and then they're going to counterattack. You know, they're like a counterpuncher. It's like a, a Mayweather where they'll let you come to them, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're going to take it and go the other way and try to put it in. But they're never going to be the aggressors just coming after you, sending, you know, two, three guys in on every rush. They'll send one guy, and the rest will sit back and wait for you to make a mistake as long as they have the lead. So if Philly can get up, that's big. But once the Islanders get that lead, that stranglehold, especially if they get a two-goal lead, then it's just done for Philly. I got to tell you, um, I still, you know, I think that these elimination games are hard, right? So the question was posed to me today, would they, any of them blow it? And I said no. I think they'll all win the series. Uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I'd be willing. Uh, you see a team like Colorado put on five goals tonight in the first period. You could see where they could actually, you know, pull it off. And they're going to win tonight, and then there'll be game six. If they win that, then anything's possible. But uh, I still think, you know, I had I had Tampa. I didn't think they'd blow it. They didn't. Now you got the Islanders. I don't think they'll blow it, and we'll see if they do it or not. I think Philly could win a game. I think Colorado's going to win tonight. They got to still win two more. And uh, Vegas is up 3-1 on Vancouver. Uh, do you think that, like today, I was asked, will any of them blow it? What do you think? Will any of them blow it? I think any of them will blow it. Like I said, I think Philly could probably steal one tomorrow. 
play with a little desperation, you know, a little more fire than they've shown before. Maybe they get one of these bounces that they didn't get in that last game. I mean, they put on some good chances in the, in that you know game on Sunday, but they just didn't go in. They're hitting posts. You know, things just didn't go their way. I could see them getting one of those breaking their way, and okay, they live to fight another day, especially with how bad their top guys have been. You know, it's just embarrassing that those guys haven't really done anything for them in the playoffs at all, even since they started the whole thing with the round robin. So, you know, I could see one of those guys breaking through for a goal or two, and they live to fight another day. But after that, like you said, it's just way too much of an uphill battle to climb back down from, you know, 3-1 to win three in a row. When you don't have that momentum of going home and having your fans behind you and things like that, I just think it's too hard to climb up for in this playoff series. I think Vegas definitely is going to beat Vancouver because I think they're too good offensively. You know, we saw Vancouver took the lead and Vegas didn't panic. They know that what they can do. They know that they can, you know, have these guys that will just keep coming at you in waves and eventually something's going to go in. So those two I definitely don't think are blown. And I know that Colorado is definitely finding their offense now. But Dallas has controlled that series way too much for me to think they're going to give it up in the end. You know, it's funny how many, uh, you know, Tampa's won a few overtime games, at least two or three. Oh, and yeah. I know they won the five overtime game. Is it three? Uh, all I know is here they are again winning in double overtime. They won a five overtime game. And so uh, just enormous that uh, they have overcome so many hurdles. The, the, Tampa, you know, got swept by Columbus last year. Here they are. They beat them this time. And then uh, the Bruins, are they, they were in the Stanley Cup Finals. And then they got rid of them. And now, really, all that's left is that Islander-Flyers winner. Let's say, if it's the Islanders, if it's the Islanders or Flyers, I think Tampa's better than both of them. I really do, Mafia. I think they're better than both of them. And I think I think the actually I believe the Islanders are better than the Flyers based on their defense. And frankly, uh, I do believe uh, Barry Trotz is a better coach than Vigneault. I think Vigneault is the kind of guy he was your coach on the Rangers forever. He's a guy that shows up, cleans it up, fixes it, gets them good, gets them in the playoffs. And then uh, he wears on people and they fire him. I mean, he's he's you know, he was a Ranger coach. And he was very successful when he got there. Same story everywhere. Same thing he's doing in Philly. Eventually, he grates on him, and they get rid of him. So I think Trot's a better coach than Vigneault. He's definitely a better coach. It's amazing that that guy's moved around as much as he has. That I mean, I get that. In Nashville, they kind of never took that next step. But that Washington was stupid enough to let this guy go is one of the biggest bungles in the history of the NHL as far as you know, coach, coaching hires and fires, in my mind. I mean, Vigneault... I don't think he really graded New York. I think it was just that they're saying, like, listen, this guy, like, thanks, I appreciate everything you've done for us, but now we're going to go in a different direction. They were going with the rebuild, and instead of having him go through that, they let him go, went with the the young guy in Quinn who's dealt with these young players and has done a pretty good job with it. But, I mean, this guy, like you said, had success in Vancouver. That one might have been a little more, like, message being lost and, you know, couldn't get through the Sedins anymore, so they got rid of him. But New York did a great job, and, and then they just went in a different direction. But he's rebuilt that Philly team. But unfortunately, with all the conditions that has you know happened the way it has this year, those they've just been a different team in the playoffs. They played great in the round robin, even though those guys weren't scoring. And then all of a sudden, they've just disappeared in, in this one, especially with the Islanders. They've struggled mightily, and you know part of that is, like you said, Trotz being a great coach, a great system coach. The Islanders buying in and playing great team hockey, and not being stupid and taking chances and penalties and things like that that you know come back to bite you. They just played smart and safe for the most part, and it's worked out well for them. So Harden just hit a dagger three from the wing all the way in front of the bench in the deep corner, kind of a step back. 
he makes so many sick shots. It's not even funny. He's just doing it. And all I know is that one minute, it was literally the Thunderbird winning by six, something like that. And now, oh, how about Schroeder picking Harden's pocket and the foul and the bucket? Oh, he called a charge. No, no bucket. That's a terrible call. I got to see it again. I got to see if Tucker moved. I thought he got, like, I legitimately thought it was and one. Ah, that's a solid call. Tucker was in position. He was. You got to give him the, you got to, you got to give it to him. He, Mafia, are you watching this? He was set. That's all there is to it. He I'm watching set. it, but I'm on the tablet, so I'm behind you right now. Oh, all right. Well, he got there. So when it when it eventually happens, so they're all arguing and they want to look at the video and the guys that are playing thought that he wasn't ready and then they tacked him up. So now they know, you know what happened right here? Not only did they not get the call, but they got tacked up. Chris Paul got tacked up and now it's a six point game and the Rockets keep the ball. Right. So that was a really bad move by a veteran leader like Paul to with four minutes left in the game to get teched up. And not only do you give up the free throw, but you're down six and they got the ball and they can melt 20 seconds off the clock. Right. And Harden gets the ball and now he's going to go to work and he's going to do what he does. and He's going to shoot a three bomb and he missed it. Luckily for the Thunder, he missed it. If he would have hit that, it would have been an eight point lead game over. Yeah, I just saw it. That was definitely a nine point lead. They're up six. So he was set. You saw it. He was set. P.J. Tucker's a he smart got, defender. He knows what he's doing. He was set. He got there. He got there. That's all there is to it. So, you know, the funny thing is, is that, like, D'Antoni's yelling at Tucker because they're all arguing every call. The, the players are losing their minds arguing with the refs on every whistle. Every single whistle. That's a reach-in foul on Tucker. There's no questions asked. No questions asked. That's a good call. And then he still complained like someone had stolen his child. I mean, it's unbelievable how they cry, these players on both sides. It really is unbelievable. CP3 hits a um, a bomb three. Now it's a three-point game. Three and a half to go rolling. So anyway, uh, going back to the hockey just for a second, uh, Colorado scored again. It's 6-2. So they are not messing around with Dallas tonight. Colorado lives another day. Uh, they're up, you know, just killing them. Whatever. Uh, I think it's six to one, or maybe they did score another one. Six two. Dallas has a couple goals now. In terms of uh, Burakovsky has his second of the game that made it six two. Heskinen had a power play goal that made it uh, five two. They got within three goals. Now they're down four goals again. So they were down five goals after the first period. So it's been a disaster for them. It's fell on a bench. Get benched. What's the problem? All right, so uh, the Rockets blew the six-point lead because Chris Paul hit some bombs. And uh, he hit two three-bombs to get him right back in it. One of them in Covington's face. Oh, and a bucket from uh, Westbrook. No foul. He got hacked. That should be an and one. He went in the trees and just got absolutely macheted, but he made the layup. I can't believe he didn't get a call. Schroeder the other way with a layup. This game's unbelievable. There's a minute left. It's tied at a hundo. It really is an incredible game. 
Just so you know, the other game, if you have lost track of time, the Heat won it, 115-104, and Butler had 40. He went off. I hit the Heat to win on the money line, just shy of plus 200, and I had him with the 5.5, obviously, with the spread, too. So Westbrook shoots an air ball. Oh, but I think he just got it. He just burned Gallinari. Harden saved the ball, threw it off of Gallinari, and now they're questioning that call. But that looked like he got him. I know they argue every call. Watch this. I got to see it for myself. Harden saved it. He definitely saved it. It's not even a question. It's not even a question. Boom. That's all. That's that's definitely rocket ball, without a doubt. He was in. Game over. You got to give him the call. You got to respect it. He made he made the save and threw it off of Gallinari. They're going to go over and review it for five minutes. But I saw it a hundred times right dead on. His foot was a, a half a foot in. It's not even worth talking about. Mafia, you probably haven't seen it yet, right? It doesn't matter if it's an air ball. Harden saved it. It, it would be a question if Westbrook was the guy going to get his own air ball. Yeah, I haven't his seen it yet. His foot was a seven inches, eight inches inbounds easily, and he threw it off Gallinari's leg. There's not even a question. It's not even worth looking at. I can't even believe that this ref, who's standing one foot away from it, I mean, how do you not? He's five feet away. How does he not see that? He got the call, right? It's rocket ball. Boom. There's no questions. You know, that's the problem with this instant replay. Like, average schmoes like us can see it. It's so plain as day and obvious. It's not even a question. I mean, a majority of the highlights, when we see it 30 times in super slow motion and HD at home with our 80-inch TV screens, people living uh, large, you see it better than they do, right? Yeah, I mean, that's it's absolutely true. up at Gallinari. That was a great save. It's a great save, no questions asked. It shouldn't even be a, a discussion. Now, if they flip this and give this ball to Oak City, that's the worst call I've ever seen in my life because he saved it. You know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. If they screw this up, that's the worst call in history. Okay? It's that simple. He saved it. That's all there is to it. Anyway, uh now as a guy laying five five and a half, do you just hope for the you know to get like a three and then get some free throws here to close it out? Or do you want to go to overtime to make sure you got a better chance of hitting it? I mean, I'd rather win I'd rather at least split it and hit the money line, you know, than lose that money. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can live with not covering the spread, but I don't want to lose that money line money. Uh, you know, I don't know. Because I don't even know going into it. Uh, it was five and a half, so they were favored. So uh, bottom line is, let's see if Harden hits this three ball off, misses it. And uh, Gallinari saved the, the ball from going out of bounds. So the Rockets uh, missed the three ball. Harden now basically, uh, they still got to get a shot off here in 10 seconds. So the, either way, the Rockets will get the ball last with a shot because right now uh, CP3's got the rock and he's got four seconds to score. And he drove and they stopped him, but they called the foul. He got the call. He's going to the line. So there you go. One way or the other, the Rockets are going to have 12 seconds to go down and try to win the game with a three or tie it if he hits both free throws. I don't even see the foul there. Did you even see a foul? Where? What? What is that call? Like, honest to God, that was a weak-ass call. Did you see it? Are they going to review that? He's going to – I think what they're doing now 
is he either called a timeout or he's challenging the call. Because I have to see that again for my own two eyes. I have to see that it's a coach's challenge. They're doing it because mafia, I got to see this because it looked to me uh, from a naked eye the first time I saw it. And now they're in a break. So I'm not going to see it from the naked eye. It looked to me like he got stripped and, and it was like a jump ball. He got either held up and he jumped through the air and landed, but then they gave him the call and he's going to the line to shoot too. I think it's a bad call. That's just me. Now, the, the Harden save was an easy call because he was inbounds. That was it. So, but they were up six, and they let Chris Paul hit two, three daggers, one of them in, in uh, just absolutely had, uh, you know, Covington all over him, and he still stuck it in his face. Not only that, he slapped his ass after he made it because it was such a great shot. When he was running up the court, he slapped Covington's ass, and he's not obviously on the same team as him. That if I'm Covington, I'd be like, "Don't touch me, bro. What are you doing, bro? Don't be touching me. Don't be slapping my ass. I'm busy over here." So, what do you think, Mafia? That I got to uh, two things that I got to get up at um, at four thirty in the morning. And to play basketball. Oh, wait, I just, I got to see that call again. I got to see the call. Here it is. So he had a, a, I don't know. I think he got his arm. I think he got his arm in the backside. I think Covington hit him when he got around him. He had a great handle crossover and he's, and he definitely fouled his left arm around the backside. Once, once he got by him, once Paul got by, he got fouled on his left hand, coming, swiping around the other side. And he legitimately fouled him. So CB3 shooting two, and that's that. So there you go. And it's a tie game, so there's 13.1 left. So either way, the Rockets are going to have the last shot. They're either going to tie it, or, you know, if he makes both, they either tie it or beat him on a three, and and that's it. Either tie it or beat him on a three. They got two options with 13 seconds left. And you know what's going to happen, right? I mean, Harden's going to go down there and shoot it. Well, this is also the Rockets, so you know what's going to happen, too. It doesn't matter whether it's one free throw, both free throws, no free throws. They're shooting a three. Yeah, well, I guess. Or let him drive and get fouled. If he gets an and one, they could win the game. Westbrook's got the 10. He's got the ball going to the 10. He threw it away. Game over. Can you even believe that? Now, they're going to check this call, but I think he just threw the ball away. I think your boy uh, D'Antoni thinks it's uh, going the other way. But I actually think that I got to see it to believe it. He threw it away. That's it. Threw it away. It was never touched by anybody. Thunderball, Thunderwind. There you go. So now you got what? Uh, so it's going to be game seven. That's that. Yep. Three apiece. Winner take all. I can't even believe that. I cannot believe that Russell Westbrook can't handle his business going up to court I got to tell you, that irritates me. Uh, you know, the guy hasn't played in a month and he comes back and he's got the ball last because he's there. He brings the ball up and then he goes so fast and he throws it out of bounds. I can't even believe what I just saw that when you need a three to win the game and you bring the ball up so fast and throw it out of bounds, he just cost them the game. And people when you say, had time you need to rush like that. What was, yeah, what was the rush for, and why was he in such a big hurry, and, and he just threw the game away? You can talk, people always say, you know, these teams that lose, they'll say, there's not one play that determined the outcome of this game. There were several reasons why we lost the game. No, there wasn't. 
No, there wasn't. There was one reason why you lost the game, and that was Westbrook threw the ball away. That was it. <laughs> That's why you lost the game. And then you could add on those two Chris Paul threes in, in people's faces from downtown. You can't let that do. The guy's six foot two, and he's shooting uh, three balls over you know six eight guys uh, like it's uh, a joke or something. Like he's at the state fair throwing darts at, at, for a stuffed animal. So anyway, uh, Mavi, I have to bring up the point of what do you think of me getting up at four thirty in the morning to play basketball? Uh, at 5.30. I got to leave at 5 because it's like a 20-minute drive. But I'm playing three days a week now at 5.30 a.m. as opposed to 6.45 a.m. So I go to bed at, let's say, I go to bed at 12.30, 1 o'clock at best because I'm sitting here lit right now when I do this show every night. And I get off the air. So the last thing I do is jump right in bed, right? Because I get off and I'm I'm done and I got to wind down. And then I'm going to go to bed basically from, let's say, 1 a.m. to 4.30. What do you think of that? Well, I thought you were crazy when it was 5.45 now, or 6.45, whatever it was. Now you got to go even early, an hour earlier. It's just insanity. I mean, I love playing ball. I know you love playing it, but at what point is it just nuts to get up that early and go run around? I mean, you got to sleep for at least four or five hours afterwards because you're already getting no sleep, and then you're working out like that all crazy. I mean, how gassed are you when you're done? I don't know. I actually uh, – I actually – feel i guess gassed when i go home and then once i, I go home, driving the car sitting down yeah like once i get um you know once i get uh done and i drive home then i feel crappy but once i get home and shower and then you know have something to eat and and something to drink i feel better than when i was driving home in other words i feel like wow i really I lit it up. I feel good. I played basketball. It was good for me. I had a great run, blah, 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 because the games I play with them are just great. The games are really close, and they're really good players, and it's intense. So it's really good. And then it's, you know, three days a week. It's Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and it's that early. Now, tomorrow's the first day I'm leaving at, you know, 5 a.m. when I usually leave at 6.15 for a 6.45 tip. Now it's a 5.30 tip. And the reason is a lot of these guys are coaches and teachers, right, that play in this uh, in this group. And they all go to school. And the school starts at 8 a.m. And they got to be there before then, right? So uh, they play till 7.15, allegedly. And then they race home, jump in the shower really fast, and then race to school. That's basically what they're doing. So they play from like 5.30 to 7.10. And then they're like, hauling ass 715 at the latest they're they're running out of the gym to their cars because you can't shower at the gym because of the covid so that's that's a trip and then um how about the other thing is our gym which is where we play in the league which is where we play wednesday nights we won eight titles together the pharrell ballers that uh they basically in not so many words but in a nice way said that they're not going to play ball there for a year because they said that they're gonna, there's going to be no basketball until the COVID is completely eradicated from the earth. In other words, n- there's got to be a vaccine. There's got to be no masks. There's got to be no more warnings, no more outbreaks, no more anything. It's gone. It's over. People are back to complete normalcy in the world. That's when they're going to open up the gym to play basketball, which to me, mafia spells a year. Because right now they're nowhere yeah, near. Probably being, at least it's no, it's not over. Right, we don't even have the you know any beginning of a uh, 
vaccine yet ready to go. I mean, they're doing testing. They talk about promise, but you, you don't know how these things are going to end up in trials and stuff. That's crazy. You know, I, I knew that they were opening back up. And obviously, I've gotten like emails and stuff with videos about, hey, here's what's going on with basketball. We're going to put, you know, sanitizer out so you can wipe down the balls and the equipment. Feel free to shoot around. And then I got another email about like, hey, league is going to start in a month. And then you're telling me, oh, no, Nick's all that. Ours is not starting at all. And I had my questions about whether or not I was going to go back and play pickup if they were doing that or if I was going to wait and see how things go first. But to not even have that option just really stinks. Well, because here's the deal. Everywhere else they have like a different situation. So in our state, uh, in our state, you have to be uh, in phases. So phase one is now and then phase two, phase three, whatever, are going to be way down the road, six months, nine months, right? When it's all clear and systems go then they'll allow it but other places around the country they don't have these intense rules and uh governor like murphy that's making all these uh, harsh rules for uh you know uh gyms so we can't play ball there anymore for like maybe nine to 12 months it sucks it is what it is though so i'm playing somewhere else screw them All right, Sports Rage is up, top of the hour. Uh, Marenzi's on. What did you think of the Lightning uh, blowing the 2-1 lead and still winning in double overtime and the Heat winning? I bet on the Heat to win on the money line, and uh, they hit big. That was a huge win. And then uh, the Thunder just beat the Rockets. The Rockets blew that game, basically. They were up six, and they let Chris Paul go off all over them. Yeah, late uh, late meltdown. Um, you know, I was hoping for overtime. It was 100-100 with about 12 seconds left. And uh, Oklahoma goes to the line. They win by four. As far as Tampa is concerned, listen, Tampa's heart has been questioned in the past. And I wondered coming into a fanless sort of bubble whether this would be their tonic. As you know, they've, they've been the best in the, in, in the past, Scotty, but they've been, been, uh, been unable to get it done in, in the playoffs. So uh, they dug down deep. You know, Boston probably deserved better tonight. They dominated in overtime, but that's it's hockey's a cruel sport. But massive win uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning and their organization moving forward uh, here. Yeah. And what do you think of the uh, the Rado just kicking the Stars' ass tonight? You know, I, I'm on Colorado. I thought that they would respond. I think Dallas will respond in in the next game. And um, as far as Jimmy Butler is concerned and the Miami Heat, you know, Jimmy Butler's just a man on on a mission. You know, if you look at a box score and he dropped 40, a lot of guys are dropping 50 now and 47 and everything. But it's more than just the 40 points. You know, Scotty, everything that he brings, the intangibles, the late steal, the guy's just a baller and a badass. Yeah, no doubt. I loved it. I was just freaking out because I had him on the money line, and it was such a great win. Uh, I was just, like, losing my mind. All right, Marenzi, have a great show. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow on Coast to Coast at 4 Eastern. And uh, great job, Mafia. I'm out of here. Thunder win it. Colorado wins. They're going to win. And uh, Tampa won tonight. And, of course, big win for the Heat. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.